Good morning from St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Goshen, Indiana. Today is Sunday, August 25th, 2019, the 21st Sunday in Ordinary Time. Father Jose Arroyo explains the relationship between love and discipline in today's sermon. Many times in life, we have to interact with people of different nationalities and cultures, whether at work, school, or in our parish community. The reality is that we all participate of the same human nature, and all are called to know, love, and serve God because we are inherently religious beings. In our first reading, taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah, we heard the prophecy of how nations of every language shall come to see God's glory. One of the meanings of the word John Catholic, the Catholic is in Goshen, universal. That Today is, is Sunday, August 4th, people that are made up of all nations, not just Jews. Father Royce Psalm 117 is a good Christ example of a hymn which exhorts than any us to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all you nations. True worship of God is a possibility for all people of every nation and culture. It is true that we belong to the Roman rite within the Catholic Church. But did you know that within the Catholic Church there are 25 autonomous churches which are in full communion with the Pope? These autonomous churches can be grouped into eight different rites, including Maronites, Byzantine, Syro-Malankara, etc., a rite is a liturgical, theological, spiritual, and disciplinary patrimony of a distinct people manifested in a church. While each Catholic church may have its own rite or customs, in general, there, there are only eight major rites. Our rite, of course, is the Roman rite, which happens to be the largest. But what, what has led to the diversity within the unity? Well, history, language, misunderstandings, nationalism, and basic human weakness have resulted in the current communion of 25 churches. Now, I'm not referring to the Orthodox churches because they have split from their communion with the Pope, from the Bishop of Rome. I'm talking about like the Eastern Catholic churches that have their own patrimony, yet they are in communion, their bishops are in communion with the Bishop of Rome, the Pope. Either way, the church is a family, not a business where the Pope is the CEO. This is why we call, the, the, we call him Papa, Father. That's why I get called Father, as a spiritual father. That's why religious, call, you call them brothers sister, or sisters. One of the roles that a father and a mother has in a family is to discipline. Now, if you grew up in a Puerto Rican family with a tough mom and a laid-back dad, you would know that discipline comes, well, in various ways. I remember growing up that if I or any of my three brothers got out of line, all mom had to do is just look at us. If we were extra naughty, she would get a leather belt and bring it to us and say, just smell it. <laughs> I assure you all that that was enough. 
Or when, back in the day, when a student got out of line, sister got out a ruler, and let's say she disciplined you. Our second reading from the letter to the Hebrews says that whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. Of course, discipline is not equivalent, it's not the same as abuse. It's not equivalent to abuse. But it is an expression of love. The more a parent loves their children, the more they are interested in their well-being and therefore are willing to help them grow in their life of virtue. It is said that the opposite of love is not hatred, but indifference. Indifference. As if you didn't even exist. That would be worse. A loving parent must not be indifferent, just as God is not indifferent with us, but rather very much interested in each one of us with passion. In fact, the love of God is universal and unconditional. For this reason, in today's gospel, taken from Luke's account, we are told that people will come from north and south, east and west, and take their place in the kingdom of God. All are invited to know, love, and serve the true God and be part of the kingdom. All are free. Just as we are free to do so. The church is to propose, not impose, just as a parent ought to do with their children. But sometimes strict discipline is required for the good of the order. And the key for knowing whether it is prudent to discipline at this time or not is, do I love the person who I want to correct? Do I love the person who I want to correct? Number one. Number two, can they perceive my sincere love? Can they perceive it? If you correct someone and you're not loving them, but rather you want to just impose your, your authority because of pride or to get even, better don't say anything at all. But if you love them, then tell them the truth to help them get to the point that they, sh they should be. That's, what God, that's how God is with us. He tells us the truth. Sometimes silence is his response. It may hurt, but it's what we need to discipline us because what we ask for, not necessarily this is what we need or what would be good for us. Today's gospel reading is the third of three parables in chapter 13 that deal with the theme of the unexpected reversals brought by the kingdom of God. As this parable opens, Luke reminds us that Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem. This journey makes up the entire middle of the gospel. He is teaching as he goes, as we kind of have to teach as we go in life, to our own family, to our own children. A question from the crowd gives Jesus the chance to make a prophetic statement. The question about will only a few be saved uses typical Christian language but about salvation, but also expresses the Jewish concern, this is the context, the Jewish concern about whether everyone who calls himself a Jew is actually faithful to the covenant. This was a concern of the Pharisees. Jesus answers that 
they must strive in the time remaining to enter through the narrow door. Because many will be trying to get in, but won't be strong enough. They say, what easy comes, easy goes. So we should go through the narrow gate. He then moves to a parable about another gate or door. Once all those entering the master's house are in, and he locks the door, there will be no way for others to get in. Those left outside may knock, but the master will say he doesn't know them. Quite mysterious, quite scary. In this parable, the master will not open and say he does not know us. People from the north, south, east, and west will take our place inside. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets will take our place in the kingdom of God. Those who do not make it through the narrow door will be cast out to where there is wailing and grinding of teeth. The image of the door is replaced in the final verses of the parable with the image of the heavenly banquet. Two passages from the book of Isaiah influence the conclusion. Isaiah 43, verse 5 and 6, speaks of God bringing Israel's descendants back from the east and from the west, the north and the south. And Isaiah 25, verse 6, speaks of the Lord providing a feast of rich foods and choice wines for all peoples on his holy mountain. It is not a coincidence that Jesus uses wine, right, in the Last Supper to provide for us his very blood. He provides for us his body, blood, soul, and divinity, and we can experience him right here. The answer to the question if only a few will be saved is no. In the end, many will be saved, but many who thought would be saved will not be saved. The parable is a prophetic warning to repentance in order to enter the kingdom. The most loving thing that I can say as a spiritual father to you is that you may also repent, that you continuously change from your ways to doing God's will, His ways. May we truly repent from all that leads us away from God and remain, <clears throat> and remain in communion with Him. Remain in communion with Him and His church, which ultimately is one holy Catholic and apostolic. And if we need to go to confession to do that, we have confessions twice a day, most of the days of the week. That doesn't happen in many of the churches. We are so blessed. May we enjoy today, if we can, the Eucharistic feasts that Christ has provided for us here. Thank you for joining us today at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church. Today's sermon was given by Father Jose Arroyo, parochial vicar at St. John's. More sermons as well as Mass and Confession times can be found on our website, stjohncatholic.com. That's S-T for Saint, stjohncatholic.com. Stay connected by liking our page on Facebook. You can find us by searching for St. John Goshen. If you'd like to learn more about the Catholic Church or the Catholic faith, please call our church office at 574-533-3385. The music for today's podcast is Salve Regina, arranged and performed by James Richardson, 
St. John's Director of Sacred Music.